Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in the studio with my friend, repeat guest, political pun, pundit or, or commentator sure. yeah. or correspondent. I feel like I ask you this every commentator time. Works. Commentator, writer, mother, lover, Mary Catherine Ham. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, such generous applause i believe this is your ninth time on the show is it really yeah because i looked up when you were last on in 2022 and at that time i said it was your eighth oh so look at that based on just simple chronology i will deduce this is your ninth there you go hello tony thaxton hi how's it going it's going good i'm exhausted but here i'm here i'm ready to ready to hit buttons and turn knobs i like that about you uh (laughs) i had a question though on that is, does that make her a record holder for a non for right non-group for a Monday show? show. Yeah. Possibly, I'm trying to because because for a little while there was like a special group of people who had been on four times, right? Like Greg Proops, and I don't know who else, but you've <laughs> eclipsed them. Well, it's an elite group, and yeah. I'm proud to be. Part you know, of it. this is, listeners, has anyone else been on the Monday show nine times? It's because it's over such a long yeah, span. I started right. so long ago <laughs> mm-hmm. when I, mean, I was I young and fresh. This is a combination of Monday shows and group shows to make your nine. But still, I do think you might be in oh, a I unique didn't group shows. Yeah, but issue. but I think you've only Forget been on like two this. or three group shows. No, <laughs> maybe just one. I think she's only been on one. Okay, or maybe With just JQJ. one. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow, this is momentous. Um, we need to catch up because yes. you popped out another child indeed since the last time i didn't even realize that till i went back and i read that no i mean i i knew that you had another child <laughs> <laughs> your first son it's fair it's fair. a lot of people lost track so it's fine <laughs> no but i thought that i'd had because i typically have you on after every birth yes uh and but the the number eight show was the number after the number three baby mm-hmm. so we need to talk about so this that is a new okay yeah we need to get new baby new show we, there's some gal chat things we need to talk about because you and I have a pretty. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think how what adjective how I would describe our text chain. Oh. Just uh, <laughs> important. We have an important text back and forth about you know Botox, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because and, and eyeliner and eyeliner and other stuff yeah it's really actually i feel i've mischaracterized it it's not like there's a lot of it's that i have been open about like being curious about botox and so you've weighed in yes yeah um but we need to get to gal chat stuff uh and more well we can start with the fact that i'm so glad that i washed my hair for this momentous occasion Mm -hmm. uh because i am what nine months postpartum now which means my hair is just starting oh, to do baby hair the weird adjustment to itself again yes. because i had two babies so close together that i had double pregnancy hair oh and it was if i do say so myself amazing wow and as after he was born i was like enjoy these four months because mm-hmm. it will be the best hair you ever have so yeah. now i'm i'm adjusting and my hair had just hit you know, the science of your hair washings and when they happen. Mm. I hit like I hit the limit right before I was supposed to come here. What's the science of hair washing? Like I thought I could just like let my hair wash last a little. Oh, yes. No, I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) And then I I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh, no, we need to take care of this before we go to Allison's house. So I did. You did. Well, the math has all changed because my hair is changing. Right. Right. Tony, 
How much do you know about postpartum hair? Uh, this is all news to me right well, now. Well, perfect. Okay. So when you're pregnant, your hair becomes magnificent. It's you true. are like a finesse or a suave commercial, a Vidal Sassoon commercial. It is it like, I think actually it stops shedding, right? So yes. it just, it just becomes so, there's so much of it and it looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the time that you need at least. I know. You don't need to be drawing people to you. I know. You uh, really don't. It, yeah. So normally you lose so many hairs per day and then right. when you're pregnant, you just don't. They don't fall out. Mm-hmm. And so you get this big, giant, beautiful hair. Yeah. And hair then, mm-hmm. and then about, is it it's four months Three later? Three or four months after. Yeah. It yeah. starts falling out and then it like grows in and you get this little like. You can see my little, like li- a, my little line of baby. Yeah. Baby bangs. And that's the regrowth. <laughs> but it's like. You have like a tiny Caesar haircut. Uh, remember the Caesar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tiny Caesar under your hair. Yep. So I didn't realize it's only been nine months. Mm-hmm. Wow. And my toddler just turned two, which if I you're saw. keeping track means I had two under two for nine and a half months. Jeez. So yeah. fill us in. Well. What was, how, how close are they? About 14 months apart. Yeah. So he was a surprise. Was he a surprise? Ah, he was a semi-surprise. Mm-hmm. He was a... Well, I'm really kind of getting up there in years. I'm hitting the end of the old fertility window. Right. So if we wanted to do this, we'd probably have to do it pretty quickly. And then I was like, oh, look at that. So it just uh, it happened very yes. quickly. Uh, which is a great blessing. And I'm, I'm so glad uh, that it worked out that way. Uh, and then it turned out I, got a, I had a dang boy. I mean, who could? I, yeah. I just assumed 100% it was a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Catherine has three other girls. I have three girls. And, and, and uh, yeah, not three other girls, three girls. Tell me their ages again. So they two. Are 10, seven, and two. Okay. Yes. Um, right. And you have come on before and talked about how you get hyperemesis, grab a blah, 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 yes. Yes. Meaning you get like incredibly sick during your pregnancies. Uh, weren't, you, weren't, weren't you like throwing up on live TV? Just leaning I mean, over? I would, yeah, I would have a, trash can with me on live tv that Mm -hmm. makes producers very nervous uh but uh the boy a walk in the park compared to the girls did were you sick at all i was sick but it was like normal people level right and it tapered off after first trimester like it's supposed to like i've always heard that it does yeah uh and i had far more energy i wasn't great but Mm -hmm. considering it was my oldest right pregnancy it was especially miraculous that that's amazing yeah now, I still is, didn't like it. But. <laughs> is there, is it, do people think that because he's a boy, you're, you have less morning sickness? Is there so science behind I'm, that? So I'm rust, a little rusty on the science, but in my research in the past, I do believe it's true that there is some evidence, there's some statistically significant evidence that for women who are prone to HG, as I am, mm-hmm. that girls can be harder on you than boys. Now, I, I know plenty why. of, I have plenty of friends who felt sicker with their boys. So it's yeah. not for everyone, but in my case, it might be that that was easier mm-hmm. for that reason. Do you know why though? They think it, is it, it there's actually very, there's not a ton of research on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but they think perhaps it's hormonal that you're doubling up on an estrogen oh, or progesterone that, that interesting is making you sick. Right. Um, but that is just, one theory. There are many theories. Yeah. Okay. And so in terms of the actual labor, did you go to that place that makes you like hike up a couple, you know, staircases? I and, did, yes, yeah. I did go up the staircase. Um, this birth was... So this is a birth center that's like not on the ground floor, right? Yes. 
Tony does not seem curious. <laughs> yeah, that's your that clientele. It's on, is the, a, it's on the second floor of an old town Alexandria town home. I mean, it sounds like a bread, a bed and breakfast, <laughs> a bread and breakfast. It's a bit like that. It's actually decorated like a bed. And oh, breakfast. yeah, it feels very bed and breakfasty. Mm-hmm. But the activities are not bed and breakfasty. Um, do they say? Do they even say anything about like? Oh, sorry about the stairs. I know that you're completely incapacitated. No, not really. They just okay. What's in, what's on the ground floor? <laughs> the ground floor is sort of uh, the reception area, one or two rooms. I think oh. phlebotomy. There's a phlebotomy room, and then make those people walk. I guess some people might be woozy. Actual, yeah, uh, the birthing room, birthing room, and, and the appointment rooms. How many people are birthing at once there? It depends. Uh, I have been the only one all the times that I have given birth there. Nice, because. Uh, people don't intersect that often they also do a ton of home births mm. so i'm i think i'm in the minority that i do it at the building right is it because it would make too much of a mess i well my husband would not like that part <laughs> we uh, know he's organized i just like there's a little bit of separation mm. between the pain of this event and returning home right. to this different place that i'm going to want to find comforting that makes sense yeah. that makes but but also people who do have home births and i know that you have not so you're not the expert on it, but Tony, you might be the expert. I'm going to need an expert. Like yeah. I'm pretty hippie on birth in general, so I can I can yeah. fill in for the home birth uh, section here. Do you? Ha- I'm just wondering the logistics of it. Do you have special sheets for the event? Do you like? How do you? You know, there's a lot of fluids and mess and all that stuff. So the birth center birth is very similar to a home birth. It's, it actually doesn't have any more bells and whistles, really, mm-hmm. than a home birth. You're just doing it somewhere else. So I know I know the process, and the process is uh, that they <laughs> they lay out what are sort of like doctor grade puppy pads okay. on the bed when you're having a baby, um, but it is made up like a bed, mm-hmm. uh, and then you're allowed to be in whatever position and whatever place and eat food and all those things that you can't do at the hospital, uh, and they sort of coach you around and give you hints for like what might work better for you. Right. Uh, the midwives do. And then after you've had the baby, they give the baby to you immediately. You lay down on the bed and then an amazing thing happens, which is that they like clean up everything without you ever really noticing it. They're very swift and uh-huh. deft. Is that the word? Sure. For that. They sound um, nimble as well. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so you're just hanging out with your brand new baby and you've, you've been through some stuff and, uh, and they sort of clean up. And then about an hour later, I go and take a shower mm-hmm. when I'm stable and can do that. And they remake the entire thing. And then you come back and lay on a nice clean bed. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. So it's good. It's and nice. I, I'm, I, I have become quite hippie about birth. Uh, I do it unmedicated in this place, but the reason I chose to do that is not not so much because of that part of it, but because of the part that you, and you've talked about this on your show many times with many women, they listen to me. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like a just a body with no, a baby and inside. I, and I have great friends who are labor and delivery nurses and do wonderful, wonderful work uh, doing that compassionate work. Mm-hmm. But my first hospital birth really made me feel like does anyone is anyone thinking about me? Right. Um, I'm scared. The container, yeah. Right. I've never done this before. Uh, I'm an educated adult. I have some thoughts on things. Please treat me like I have thoughts on things. And then I went for my second birth to this uh, this midwife practice, and it was just so different. Mm-hmm. And they have confidence in me, and the way that they frame things is so positive. Uh, and you know, like I said, you can move around to whatever position 
you want, I was in like 17 positions for this last baby because he's quite stubborn. <laughs> Brag. I know, right? <laughs> he was quite stubborn. Uh, but I felt like, you know, my midwife was with me through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wasn't sort of freaking me out that it was taking longer than normal. Right. She was saying, look, he's in a not ideal position. What position was he in? He was sunny side up. Oh, okay. Um, to which I, I, she told me that a couple hours in and I said, super. <laughs> that was my answer. Are they doing it? How are they telling? Are they doing an ultrasound? Is it from like, do they so have they ultrasound have, stuff in there? They don't have ultrasound monitors there. I had gotten an ultrasound elsewhere and they were concerned that he was a little bit in a position where he might turn sunny side mm-hmm. up. Um, he was not on the cervix. Don't you love this, Tony? Every time I come, <laughs> you get to hear about my cervix. Uh, he was not on the cervix he was like sort of tucked up in a in a different like with his head over on the right side and um and so they were concerned he might be that way and mm-hmm. she deduced that by sort of mapping his position which still blows my mind that right. they can figure that out and then when he was like, sort of on his way out they're like oh that's why this is taking longer <laughs> so did he come out sunny side up yes. yes so that's breach right it's no that one's not breach it just oh. means his wait no face. breach means breach means feet, feet or first. butt first sunny side up means so they want their spine wait they want that means his spine is like in the same direction as your spine right so that so that it's you're in it's called back labor yes it's the most painful it's like extremely painful and interestingly i didn't have back labor as part of this it was very uncomfortable labor but it i didn't have that part of it and i don't Mm -hmm. know why right uh but he he did come out Face up. Uh, yeah, face up. And it, I, I get this all mixed up when I try to rethink about it, too. Um, but it was it just took longer. Mm-hmm. And because he was in this weird position, I actually I had false labor for a day and I felt very embarrassed because I went to the birth center. And I was like, this is definitely it because I'm a fourth time mother. Yeah, of course. I know. I know what labor is. <laughs> and I was having contractions every five to seven minutes and they were getting harder. And I was like, yeah, this is definitely it. Uh, and I had one or two really hard ones and I was like, Oh goodness. Well, and I, my last baby came quite quickly. So I was like, let's, let's go ahead and go. We spend the night there. The midwife comes in, the birth assistant comes in, everyone spends the night there. I'm having contractions every five to seven minutes and at four in the morning they stop. Oh, wow. That's so, so weird. So the next day I go and like get an induction massage and like eat all the pineapple and all the <laughs> things you're supposed to do. Cause he was like five or six days overdue at this point. Uh, past past my mm-hmm. due date at this point and i'm over 40 so you want to kind of right get this moving and uh and i went back in that night and she actually checked me and she's like i was having medium labor and she checked me because she was just curious like what what stage are we at here like a cervical check yeah and they don't normally do right they don't want to put their fingers but up by because that. i had been in labor for a while we're yeah. trying to figure this out uh i was eight and a half centimeters oh my god and she, she's like you're eight and a half centimeters i was like well, that's not real because <laughs> this does not feel like transition labor. And the reason was because he was not in the correct Got position. It. So my body was, my my cervix basically said, we're doing this, buddy. Mm-hmm. And eventually I had to move him over and kick yeah. him out. So. Wow. So wait, you were in false labor. Yeah. It stopped. Is And then how soon after did you go into real labor? It was the next evening. The next evening. Yeah. Okay. And he was, and then by the time you got there, you were eight and a half centimeters. Yes, that's almost baby time. Yeah. And then, sorry, how long after? Even after that, it was three or three showers, I would say, uh, because he was just 
if he had been where he was supposed to be, right. he would have been show on the road. And now that he's here, uh-huh. does he still seem to not be where he's supposed to be? Like, <laughs> no. is this a personality trait of him? No, well, I wondered, right? Because uh, I do think, you know, my third was a girl and she was really just we were working together and she was on her way out and there was no stopping her. That <laughs> went very efficiently. Uh, he just sat there and I did all the work and I was like, men. <laughs> um, <laughs> apologies to men. Um, but he's a, he's a real sweetheart. I wondered if he would give me trouble mm-hmm. in life because my other kids were real nasty to me while they were in the womb, but they were lovely when they got out. But he has also been lovely. I know he's very young to start seeing things these things already but like does he seem different than the others there's a big difference between his sister and him his so the two-year-old is giant personality set but says very few words mm-hmm. she's very physical she's very like a forceful personality you can see that about her fierce little girl he seems like a real sweetheart okay and he also is my earliest talker oh really he's already talking he says bottle Aww. And the reason he says bottle is because his sister is so rude <laughs> and steals it from him all the time. Oh. And his defense <laughs> his survival conquer her is bah! Bah! <laughs> so wow. We shall see. That's cute. Uh, where they end up. And how are the older two liking it? Oh, they they're loving it. So my ten year old is a little cool for school, mm-hmm. but the seven year old is very into taking care of them, and they're both very competent. I do not want to parentize them, but they do help out a lot. Uh, and <laughs> it's great when you have two under two to be able to close up the living room because we have sort of blocked off. It's all baby proofed in mm-hmm. there. Go do your makeup and just say, can you sit in here with the babies? And that is like a real luxury. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Occasionally, I will need to go do something. And I'm still in hearing distance. Uh, in earshot, but I'll say to Elliot, like, can you like just make sure Owen doesn't do X, Y, Z. Um, and then I think like, I just left a six-year-old in charge of a four-year-old. <laughs> like, He's a smart a- six-year-old. He is, but it's still like, no one would be understanding of my position if something went awry. Right. Um, okay. So I think you're, you're, per- you're playing the percentage as well. I think you're okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. So, Tony, hmm. you have returned from yes. two legs, two whirlwind tour legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how was the last one? Because you and what we were getting set up, you and Daniel were talking. Yeah. And I was wanting to hear about it. So fill us in. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm exhausted. It was it was a fun but exhausting weekend because we played the When We Were Young Festival mm-hmm. in Vegas. That was Saturday and Sunday. And then... After the show Sunday, had time to hang out in Vegas all day, basically. But then we had a red eye flight to Miami. Oh my god! And I didn't. Re- I I overheard red eye. I didn't realize it was to Miami. So yeah. Tony plays drums in Motion City soundtrack. For anyone who doesn't know, I just want them to realize that I'm a he's huge a deal. decorated yes. <laughs> decorated drummer. That's right. He's got a gold record uh, and more. Yeah, another one coming. Um, really? Yeah. Congrats for which Thank album? You. Uh, commit this to memory. Our second record. All right. Nice. Yeah. Um, have you already thought about where you're going to put it on the wall? Like, oh, is yeah. it going to go? It's going to go know. next to the original one, right? Probably. Yes. I don't. I don't know when we're getting it yet, though. Because last I heard is that it had surpassed the sales point, but it hadn't been certified mm-hmm. yet. So I don't know how long by the RIAA. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So 
fly to Miami, take a red eye. Red eye to Miami. Was that miserable? Oh, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't sleep on planes. Yeah. So um, basically, yeah, I was up all night. We landed at like 7.30 or something in the morning and um, got to got to hang out in a hotel, but not long enough to even really try to rest right for maybe an hour and then we had to go Mm. hop on a shuttle bus that was going to take us to this boat because we were playing the kickoff show of this cruise and uh is it oheden cambria cruise okay uh and so we were not playing the actual we weren't leaving to go on the cruise we were just going to play the kickoff show which i believe we played it it was like 5 15 p.m that we were playing so basically when we went on stage i'd been up for I don't know, 36 hours or something like that. Ooh. And were you, were you to the point where like you felt like you were on a boat, but then you also were on a boat? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you get, do you feel that way? If I haven't slept enough, I, my description of it is always like, I feel like a hologram. Like I feel everything, my perception is off and sensation. I feel like I'm like, like on a, a wooden drawbridge or something that's swinging. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I will say this, uh, it it is a a rare benefit of uh having ADHD and taking medication for it because that kind of like helped like snap me out of it oh, okay. a bit and your, your go felt, pills I felt like yeah exactly I felt kind of human like by mm. the time we had to play and then uh yeah and then once we stopped playing we cuz the cruise was leaving at or yeah, maybe we played at four fifteen and done by five, and the boat was leaving at like six. So we literally had thirty minutes to get all of our stuff off the boat because that the boat so is leaving. Sounds so stressful. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah, we did it somehow. We got off of there and uh, went back to the hotel and passed out right away and flew back home super early the next morning. And, and now you're here. And now you I'm got here. home yesterday, right? I got home yesterday. I went to bed. <laughs> I got in bed at seven o'clock last night. Oh, that's I was smart. Exhausted. And I thought like, oh, I'm going to wake up at like four in the morning. Right. Slept till seven in the morning. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Feels like and a I'm, life highlight to me. Yeah. That sounds great. I know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still feeling it though. I thought, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was, it was a crazy weekend that feels like it was about a month long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now how long, are you back for a while? Yes, uh, mostly. Uh, Flo and I are taking a vacation oh, to right. Hawaii yes. in the beginning of uh, actually like about two weeks, yes. and uh, then I got to go leave town for one other thing. But then, yeah, around um, until New Year's. Okay, yeah. excellent. Well, welcome back. Thank you. That sounds miserable. <laughs> I mean, but so glamorous. <laughs> I mean, the shows were great. Like the yeah. the Vegas shows, especially, were gigantic. Like, the oh yes, you huge. took pictures from your spot on the stage, and once again, I had that reaction of like. You guys are so spread out. Mm-hmm. Such a big stage. Yeah. And that actually was like kind of reasonably sized. I feel like because sometimes festivals can be really, right. really spread out. But yeah, this was, uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess I'm used to it. I don't <laughs> know. I <didn't> know. <laughs> How do you decide where everyone stands? Uh, I don't know. Like everyone could stand. I mean, I know that visually it's probably not as good for the audience, but like everyone could stand closer together. Could, but yeah. Yeah, I think it just looks better if you're right. kind of take, taking up more yeah. of the stage. Yeah. Got it. Mary Catherine, where do you come down on boats? I'm anti-boat. <laughs> I I like boats, actually. Uh, I don't... So cruising would not be my preferred form of vacation, but I have gone on them before. Mm. It's oh, them. I, so there's been multiples. Yes, because we used, I used to do, like, there are affinity cruises for 
bands. There are affinity cruises for hobbies, mm-hmm. beanie babies, or whatever it is that you're into. Yes, my friend Laura. Do you know Laura Lou? Do you know that name? I don't think so. She was in New York um, when I was. Uh, but anyway, she went on a rubber stamping cruise. Yes. Because her mom is all about rubber stamping. So there are affinity cruises for political magazines. Mm. And I used to write for those. Uh, so we would go on cruises. I find it very soothing. I sleep well. It's rocking. Really? I don't get motion sickness mm. on a cruise. I enjoy it. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I like... I, I get expense my martinis at the bar, you know. It's a good time. I get motion sick but also i'm just like kind of afraid i think um we went to venice many i was i guess it was like god 20 something years ago uh have you been to venice i've never been to venice uh i've been to several places in italy okay not venice i mean beautiful city you talking about the crazy airport shuttle is that what you're going to talk about no i was going to talk about the water taxi Oh. Is there a well, crazy airport shuttle? Well, yeah, is it the same, same thing? Same thing oh, yeah. Because you have to take a boat uh, yes, to that's the what airport. Yeah. It's so and so crazy. You have your gigantic suitcase with you if you're me. Yeah. And then you have to get onto the boat. And it's not like I imagine a cruise. There's probably like a like a jetway, cruiseway, right? It's like a yeah. big ramp. Yeah. This is like you're just it's stepping into a boat. Yeah. And you lug your suitcase. So first of all, I get on and it's like wonk, wonk. And then I bring my suitcase on and I'm like... I feel like this is going to fall in the water, first of all. And then second of all, I feel like I'm going to capsize this thing with my Samsonite. It's just very, it feels very precarious. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. That one that one messed with me a little bit, too. Yeah. I remember feeling weird by the time I got off of there. Yeah. Now, were you there with your rock band? No, that that I was there uh, with my ex-wife. Oh, was, <laughs> so was that a honeymoon? for bringing it up. Was uh, it a honeymoon? No, it was a, 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 a trip with her family. Mm, yeah. Gotcha. Should yep. we just sit here and pause uncomfortably? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How was it? Uh, it was cool because I'd been to Italy, but uh, just on tour. So I got to actually see yeah. Italy this time because mm-hmm. the previous times were not very, uh, I got to see nothing and weren't exactly great. Um, right. So this was nice to actually see some of it. Did you go to Florence? I think yeah. that's, I've, I've only been to Venice and Florence, but I do think Florence, no, and I've been to Portofino. I think Florence might be my favorite. I think uh, I've been a couple places. I've been to Florence. I was in Umbria this summer, which is south of um, Tuscany. Oh, right. That area. I went, we did an uh, Italian vacation. How fun. Uh, and then I love Rome. People are yeah. always like, oh, yes, I've been there too. Rome is, Rome is hot and dirty and crowded. And I don't experience that at all. I think it's lovely. Mm-hmm. I, I, always, I, I always have a great time there. I've been there <laughs> twice, once when I was 20 and now. Um, but I had a great time. We did, we walked like 20 miles through Rome over two days and had a fantastic time. Yeah, seeing the Colosseum in person is one of the crazier things I think I've ever seen. It's, yeah, it's just surreal thinking about how long that has been there and the things that happened there. It was hot, though, when I went. I get we missed the terrible heat wave this summer. Mm -hmm. We came right after it. And so we we actually lucked out pretty well on on weather. And we went without children, Mm. uh, which was quite an undertaking. We we split them between grandparents. Oh, that's smart. Two went to one set and yeah. two went to the other set. <laughs> that's and smart. It was, uh, we we divided and conquered that, and it worked out pretty well. I'm trying to think. Daniel and I together have only spent one night away from the kids, and it was my friend's wedding in San Francisco. Owen was four months old, and I realized this is too soon for me to do this. Four months is a tricky. Yeah, I just could. I felt like I we couldn't 
miss his wedding. I didn't, it was my friend Trevor, who's the one who like officiated at um, our wedding. And I've been friends with him since I was like 13 and we just couldn't miss it. Or we, he would have understood, but I just didn't want to. But then, yeah, as soon as I was there, I was like, this, this feels wrong. Yeah. And then I have been away for Sketchfest a couple times. A couple times? I think that's right. Um, but yeah, we've never really, we've never left them. Yeah, Someday. It's, it's hard to pull off. This one, <laughs> this one was a, a year long undertaking. Yeah. Um, and actually my, my friend Guy Benson is who we went with, uh, him and his husband and some other friends got this big, rented this big house. And when you went, when, when you rent a big property like that, it looks super fancy and it is super fancy, but if you split it between seven couples, that's smart. Um, it is not so expensive. Uh, so Guy asked me when I was six months pregnant, do you think you could manage this? next summer and i had to decide am i going to be so anxious right leaving the two babies my older kids not an issue uh because i know they're they're sort of very independent and they can handle themselves and mm-hmm. i'm not putting like a big burden on anyone but the babies i thought oh i don't know if i'll feel comfortable with that and i made a gamble mm-hmm. and i felt pretty good good and I, then I did, did it fine. go did it go well yes we had a great time no but i and, mean for, oh, and, for taking care of the kids oh, the kids had a fantastic they time. did okay. my um my husband's mom is a she's who i was referencing earlier partly is a labor and delivery nurse so oh. she's great with oh, kids great that's with babies. ideal um and so she they had a blast the kids had a blast yeah. everyone I, they barely missed us <laughs> well that it's perfect it's perfect okay so when you were last on unless it was when unless it was the time before or the time after i don't know one of the times we were talking about what had happened with you um, at CNN and uh, where are you now? Like what's, what's been going on lately? So I'm not with a network right now, which is uh, I'm actually having quite a bit of fun because I can do, I don't have to ask permission from anyone to do anything. And um, so I was on Bill Maher a couple of weeks ago, the first show back for uh, nice strike. Uh, And I appear on Fox occasionally and I'm, do a ton of podcasts mm-hmm. and sort of just do my freelancing thing. And I've been having a lot of fun doing that. Good. It's, it's different. I'm, I'm the kind of personality that is okay with being a little unmoored. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband is not as comfortable with that situation. He has a very stable, different job situation than right. I do. Uh, but I'm comfortable with that. And I feel like it opens opportunities to me to not jump from one thing to the mm-hmm. other and get super committed again. Uh, so I've been trying out a bunch of stuff and having fun doing it. Do you want to land at network again? So I think there are, of course, upsides to that. Um, I think there are I think I would fit in well at Fox and I've mm. had fun doing that uh, in the interim. I would say that, and this has sort of always been my philosophy is that I want other things to be front facing and that the TV part to fuel the other things. Yeah. And that becomes hard because writing is harder than being on TV. It takes more time. It takes more thinking, but I want to keep my foot in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love public speaking it's maybe my favorite thing that I do. And the TV fuels that part of my career. So as long as it continues to mm-hmm. do that, uh, I'm happy uh, without necessarily immediately jumping into something. Right. When you say public speaking, do you mean because you were you were doing some public speaking in town now, right? Is yes. that the kind of stuff you're talking about? Yeah. So I just did a this was the California Chamber of Commerce and my um, uh, 
left-leaning counterpart, Liz Smith, who was a, um, she's great. We were at Georgetown uh, Institute of Politics fellows together. She was a Buttigieg um, mm. campaign person, actually was one of the, I think was the first staffer for Buttigieg before he became kind of a big thing during that cycle. Uh, and she and I had a great time tossing around like the the state of ridiculousness and <laughs> and just chatting about what's happening, mm-hmm. giving people a bit of a preview for 2024. Got it. Um, yeah. So when you say you love public speaking, do you mean like live in person stuff? Oh, I just love. Yeah. I just or love just, an audience. Or, I see. <laughs> it doesn't really matter what I'm talking about. That part is not as important to me. I've been thinking about it with with my I've been thinking I've been thinking about myself lately, as I often do. Um, and I've been trying to think like why? Because so many people that I have on the show love live performances. They, you know, most of their career is in a theater on a stage. And I just have never, I loved being in plays when I was younger, but since then, like, I've never loved that environment. And I've been trying to figure out why. Like, it makes me nervous in a way that this doesn't make me nervous. Um, and I, oh, but I always loved doing live television. Like, that was my favorite. Or, uh, you know, recorded lo- what's it shot shot yeah. as if it's shot as if it's live shot right. to tape live live to live tape, to tape. There you thank go. you i'm like i know these these words are in my head somewhere live tape i like that a lot i prefer that to like a number of takes you right. know um so i don't know i don't know if it's just a lack of like not doing it enough that beca- it becomes rote or i don't know what it is i i just like feedback from mm-hmm. an audience to me that is super fun uh, one of my favorite things to do is to speak in front of semi-hostile audiences who I assume <laughs> are going to come Disagree. in loaded for bear. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it, it's not so hostile that it's you know, problematic, but I like the idea of having to make my case, turning a few people, mm-hmm. watching their faces go, why do I not hate her? <laughs> I thought I was going to hate her. Uh, and so I enjoy that that part of it and you know you can end up having a ton of fun with people right. uh, just because you you know take take that chance and I, I find much like live tv it's very <laughs> and your medication this is my medication <laughs> is that it just makes my brain go whoop, like yes. everything works together all of a sudden yes. in a way that it didn't before i walked out in front of an audience yeah. yes that is such a good description for how live tv always was for me and it was it's always in short bursts like i was never like you know well, you've done actually like stuff at the debates where you're on for a long time. But my live TV, it was just like hits on right. morning news or whatever. So it's short. Um, yeah, it really like everything. It just dials it in. Yeah. Everything just goes away. My, my brain and, is at its best yes. in that moment. And I think, wow, what would I accomplish if it were always like this? <laughs> but there's no way it's ever going to be. See, that's so interesting that you like that kind of conflict and that like semi combative environment, because I have spent the last couple days arguing with people about politics, about the middle East on threads threads is for anyone who doesn't know, it's like the Instagram's version of Twitter and what everyone says about it is that it's so nice because it's not all the jerks that are on Twitter, which is now X and somehow I have curated an experience for myself where it is miserable. Right. I'm like, this is exactly the fucking same. It is. Uh, and like, because of the people, I don't know, because of the people I've been fighting with, my feed is just exclusively things that are going to anger me. 
it's and I'm doing it to myself. It yes. started because there was this one woman who was awful and stupid and young and non-formed. And I want her to walk into it to fall in a volcano. She's just like, it's, I almost think she's like a bot or something. Um, Cause it's just talking points over and over again. And I started with just going back and forth with her a little bit. I was the aggressor by the way, like, and then I like, because threads is feeding it to me, right. I'm like chiming in on her other cover. Like she just, just, I just got to correct your little fucking point here. And what about this? And I mean, I am like, I'm being a full on troll, but not trolling. Yeah. I'm being a troll for good. <laughs> That's what all trolls think. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but I really am. And then suddenly I'm like doing it with like all these other people. I'm like, what am I doing? You have to, you have to measure what's worth it like that's my husband says is the juice worth the squeeze yeah uh and often social media arguing the juice is not worth the squeeze (sighs) and i i have a better i think i'm odd in this way i have a better experience on twitter now than i used to Mm -hmm. because i took a big break in 2020 2021 because it was just too fraught and people were being so awful to each other and we were going through a big thing and I well didn't didn't did he come after you, Trump? Yes. So he like turned a bunch of people on you, right? Yeah, or but sicked them on you. Yeah, they've lost interest though. That was a, a pitched couple of days, but it okay, was, it was relatively short lived. Um, and when I took that big break, I feel like whatever settings I made when I came back made the experience better for me. Mm. And I just don't see as Wait, much. do you mean actual like muting certain words and things? Like actual I settings? I didn't mute words. At one point I did, I only wanted to see uh, people who followed me. Oh yeah. Tweets. Mm-hmm. At one point I did, you know, verified mentions or people who follow me can right. comment. I didn't keep anybody from mm-hmm. commenting. I just kept you what You didn't saw it in smaller. your feed. Yeah. Because I was just Smart. taking in too much. And uh, I think... Also, when you're when you're speaking live in a room with people, it's more personal mm-hmm. uh, and they are self-selected to be there mostly to listen to you. <laughs> uh, some college students are not there to listen to me or, you know, want to disrupt. But that's not usually the mm-hmm. case. And uh, so they're self-selected to be there because I'm speaking. And so that's not the case <laughs> with Twitter. Right. Right. They are there to hear me, but mostly to argue antagonize me yeah. so you got you got to figure out when it's worth it for you right but like when i so here's what i, what I, I took a big detour uh because i had to get that i had to get my stupid experience that i'm doing to myself off my chest and usually in here i'm doing it again i got it i just got i just gotta get it get it out um i put the kids to bed and then i lay there next to owen and i look at my phone and i get angry But this morning, I decided to look and get angry. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, I'm not even keeping it in the I'm I'm not, you know, partitioning my anger correctly anymore, because now it's in the morning. Your evening anger has become your morning morning anger. anger. Um, Sunrise. sunrise. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, when I am like, you know, in a in a get a negative tweet or get something from a troll when I'm not the troll. It's like my adrenaline starts going yeah. and I like respond before I, cause Daniel is very methodical. He gets really upset about this stuff too, but he's methodical and he'll be like, 
really want to understand like, what is the stupid point you're making? You know, whereas I am like, I think the stupid point they're making is this. And so I'm just going to debunk it. Right. Like, I don't even really. In- it's like, I don't do it with a. Uh, I'm not calm about it, but I imagine you must be if you are if you enjoy a room where people don't quite agree with you. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I am calm about it. I think Twitter is an environment. Again, it's the environment. Twitter is an environment where, yes, your adrenaline is going to get jacked up Mm. Uh, in a room with people. uh, Mine doesn't do that. And it's more of a mental puzzle Mm. for me to figure out the best way to respond to somebody uh, in good faith, but also taking, you know, like standing up for myself and making clear what I'm trying to say. And uh, whether it's live TV or doing that in front of an audience, I like that mental game. Mm -hmm. That is fun for me. And I know I'm a weirdo. That's, that's not a, it's not necessarily a normal thing. No, that's really, it's, I mean, it makes sense why you'd be a political commentator. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it I is. accidentally fell into this thing that right. happens to be perfect for my disposition. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Because I, so we met through Red Eye. Or yes. We both used to, did, we're, did, we never were on together though, I don't think. I don't think. know if we, we were on together each other. and if we were, we were remote. So we right. wouldn't have been in the same yes. place. But we both used to do Red Eye. And then through that, um, the one thing I always liked about Fox is that like, if they like you, they start putting you on all their shows. Yes. So they were like, I was appearing on a bunch of different shows. Um, but I realized kind of quickly that because I've always been left leaning, um, arguing my point in that environment, that is not where I shine. Like I get flummoxed and I feel quickly like this person knows more. They're more of an expert. Like I'm not, a, I'm not a political walk. I just, you know, and I feel like I can make some points, but in general, that kind of political discourse is not, uh, yeah, not where I shine. Well, it's also, that's, that's, you were in the sort of, uh, ratio that I was in at CNN, right? right? So there's several people on the other side of the issue from mm-hmm. you. That is an inherently challenging yeah. situation. Yeah. Uh, and most people would be flummoxed by that. Right. I think one of the, Right. Like, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say one of the things that is helpful for having those conversations is to lower the stakes for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I always tell college students, like, you're like, you guys are like the street preachers of politics, right? You're just yelling at somebody hoping that they're going to be completely converted in that moment. And it's like, that's not how you win hearts and minds. Yeah. Perhaps be less transactional and think to yourself, like, my goal is usually... I hope this person walks away or this group walks away thinking, huh, I had never thought about it that way before. That's so smart. And that really lowers the stakes. I'm yeah. not trying to turn you into me. Right. People are trying to turn me into them. I'm not going <laughs> to do it. Um, but if you engage in that way, I think mm. it just, it makes it easier to yeah. just have the exchange. You don't have to win the exchange. Right. Right. I mean, unless something is being a total dick, in which case you should crush them. But. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. You know, Red Eye, it, it was never bad on Red Eye, but um, I went on Hannity. And again, that also wasn't bad, but I know, I remember talking with one of the other anchors there who was like, if you could be like the Ann Coulter of the left, that would be like so good. You know, that'd be good with him. And I was just like, I don't think I can though. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that means. And I don't know if I can. Well, she's so cutting. Like, right. I, I don't do cutting. Mm-hmm. I I do jokey. Right. And yeah, you, you do more of that. So totally. It's, a, it's right. a very different vibe. Yeah. 
I want to talk to you guys about every plate, hoping to budget your food expenses this fall. Get more bang for your bite with America's best value meal kit. Every plate has no hidden fees, so you can count on great value week after week. Plus, only pay for what you need with pre-portioned ingredients. Choose every plate over takeout to save money while still enjoying fresh, satisfying meals. Their meals are substantially cheaper than your average fast casual meal. They're the easiest way to eat affordably. Put the money you save towards making plans this fall with the jam-packed fall season well underway. You can count on every plate to make mealtimes easier without compromising on quality. Every plate recipes include only the highest quality ingredients, including sustainably sourced seafood that meets the Monterey Bay Aquarium seafood rankings. So you know your meals will be flat, fresh and flavorful. Um, I love every plate. It is one of the most affordable options out there, if not the most affordable. It is delicious. Their creamy Dijon chicken is out of this world. Um, I When it arrives, I like making the meals with the kids. And because it's pre-portioned, it just takes the guesswork out of it. It makes it super duper easy. Um, at first, I was skeptical thinking meal kits are probably expensive. But now I'm convinced you can get the same deliciousness at a much lower price. Uh Get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49Allison. Again, get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49Allison. That's up to $110 value. Okay. Um, so did was there fallout from you talking about your experience at CNN? And just for anyone who is just meeting joining us on this episode, um, you had tweeted something about Jeffrey Tubin, right? And then got in trouble for that. Uh, and but and so they like weren't using you, but they didn't tell they you didn't that inform me. That's right. why I was in trouble. They they never actually talked to me about it until. Chris Licht, who had a very short tenure at CNN, and now there's somebody else there. Uh, when he took over, they came to me eventually three or four months into his tenure and said, oops, we figured out this thing is happening, which is that the former head of CNN, Zucker, had objected to this tweet about Jeff Tubin and had was buddies with him and had told everybody, don't use her. And I said, well, why didn't you just talk to me? And they, they said, well, you just had a baby. So patronizing. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I can't believe you said that out loud to me. <laughs> um, so I was ticked off. They invited me back. Uh, I was under contract for another six months. Mm. They invited me back, but I just felt like I couldn't go back with a smile on my face and act like everything was fine. And no one was really making any moves to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just said, well, this is what happened. And I talked about it publicly. Now, like I'm not welcome on air over there, but aside from that, I, I don't feel like you know, I'm not blacklisted in this town. You'll never work again. <laughs> like, it's not like that. Um, I think a lot of people felt that I was wronged mm. uh, when I told that story and uh, and that I was right to tell it. And I'm comfortable with that. That was that was the part that was eating me up was being quiet about it. Yeah. And once it was out there, I was like, oh, I feel so much better. I don't mm -hmm. care if I have a job anymore. <laughs> and now you when you say you're not welcome on air, you just know this or that has yeah, been communicated I mean, it's like to you? We, we broke up, you know, right. we don't, we don't need to hang out. <laughs> yes. is what it feels like. I understand. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, perhaps that would change in the future, but you know, it was right. breathing room. <sighs> let's get into the gal chat of it all. Ooh, let's... Gal chat. Okay. 
I've been using the Laneige lip mask. Are you familiar with this? I know of it. Okay. Yes. I like it a lot. It's pretty good. Uh, this is uh, Tony. This is like a lip balm that you're. Of I know. You yeah. know. I don't yeah. know. What would what do, what do you use? Chapstick? What do you use? No. How do you moisturize those soup coolers? <laughs> Soup cooler? Is that a thing? Yes. I, never I haven't heard it in a long time, but I've heard people refer to their lips as their soup coolers. <laughs> I will remember that. I feel like that like was a it. real Poconos reference. Like it was, that feels like an old Old? Maybe, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think soup who. Soup coolers. <sighs> who is it that I heard? I feel like there was someone named Melissa who came from like the real world or road rules uh, empire. And had big lips and braces <laughs> and referred to her lips as soup coolers. Oh, wow. I don't, this is, I, I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, so I've been using this. Uh, I like it. I don't know that it's made a huge difference. However, oftentimes when I have lipstick on, like I do now, and I'm talking into it. So basically when I'm doing my show, I'm like, I feel like there's a tiny little like lip flake on the inside yeah and i just want to we don't get love it. that like dry lipstick yeah in the middle of your right i want to just get it and so i try to just like bite it and then it's like i'm sitting here on video youtube.com slash allison rosen looking like a lizard just like flicking my tongue over it just trying to surreptitiously pick it or whatever do you get lip flakes what do you do so i am i am wearing a lipstick uh by bite beauty oh which is like a it's a lip pencil slash crayon that's uh a matte but is extremely moisturizing How and wonderful. How can that be? Because usually matte is the antithesis of moisturizer. I'm just going to I bought myself down. a ton of them wow. for this reason uh, because they feel so nice and normal when <laughs> you put them on. Uh, so bite beauty. All right. Good to know. For that reason, I don't, I'm yeah. not getting lip flakes. But, you know, if I were not using that, right. perhaps I would. But let's say you're on air. Mm -hmm. You feel like you got a flake. <laughs> what do you do? I feel like, I just ignore it. Definitely ignore it if I were on. That's so smart. On TV. Yeah. And then I get so glossed up for TV. Right. I feel like there's no flaking. No flaking because they've got that stuff. It's a very, it's a gloss heavy look. down. Yes. Yeah. Uh, eyeliner. Where are you these days? Okay. So I'm, I'm using Benefit now. Okay. I'm off Lorac mm -hmm. because there was the, just a, there was a confusion about what was available to right. me. And so I went to Benefit, which is, nice and the drawing of the line is similar mm. to lorac the only complaint i have about it and it's really not a complaint is that when it's brand new and in black it's so pigmented mm. that you will end up uh having trouble getting it yeah. entirely off or it, but it doesn't spread too much it okay. doesn't like wander it wanders a little more than mm. lorac but it's still good so i had been using maybelline hyper easy which is a pen um i went to buy kat von d's tattoo liner i've heard that's very good it's good it's very black and i like very black but it's like a little i think it's a little bit too much actually for me maybe it's like a very blue black mm -hmm. i went to buy that at ulta and she said do you want to try one that they were out of it do you want to try one that's similar and she gave me this maybelline hyper easy it's not expensive and i love it i love it nice uh and then i got another one love it However, it started drying out, so I need to replace it. So I have gone back to, I told you, so the you turned me on to Lorac. Mm -hmm. I forget what it was called. The well, specific Ulta stopped one. carrying it, which is one of the reasons right. I fell off, because there's an Ultra right by my house, and I was picking yeah. it up there, and then I couldn't find it again. 
they discontinued the one that you and I were using, but there's like Lorac Pro Liner. So there's an, there's one that has taken its place. And I've gone back to that. That's what I have on now. Oh, well, it looks I don't, very nice. Thank you. And I don't hate, I'm not mad at it. Okay. Well, now I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to dip my toe back in. Yeah, try it. I don't, I might've gotten it on Amazon though. I can't remember where I actually got it. I get a little wary of Amazon cosmetics. Sometimes I, I'm quite, I do too, but then I think, but have I ever received anything that I think is counterfeit? I don't think I have. Well, I, I, mine's not concerned about counterfeit as much as how long has it been sitting? Somewhere? Oh, or yeah. Or has it been hot for a long time? And maybe that's a made up thing. And maybe it's behind Ulta also hot and uh, sitting for a while. I don't know. I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean. But I got I got a couple of eyeliners at one point. I think they were Styla that, mm. from Amazon okay. that definitely were off. And yeah. I think that was a shipping slash storage issue right yeah it does feel it's um it's a little like the wild west (laughs) you don't exactly know you don't exactly know but in a pinch careful out there yeah but in a pinch i've gotten a lot of decent cosmetics from well look i also don't want to go to the store so that's an important part of the formula (laughs) what's your grocery shopping mo because you probably heard me talk on the show uh we were committed we were committed grocery delivery people because we're lazy. Um, however, we are now trying to save money and grocery delivery is a luxury. And, you know, unless you're a jerk, you got to put on like a hefty tip and then there's service and all that stuff. So we are now going to grocery stores. Um, I mean, in theory, we're saving money. I don't feel like we really are. But in theory, we are. And we're inconveniencing ourselves. Yes. And we're on the hunt for the cheapest groceries in L.A., uh trader joe's is pretty cheap but they don't do have you everything. guys have aldi so there, there are Lidl. some out here now there didn't used to be but i swear it's a new thing out here on instacart where i do my expensive delivery there i saw that there is an aldi so i don't know where it is but it must be here are aldi. they well priced aldi is the heck okay yeah, thank it's you all like knockoff kind of oh it's really like, like pittsburgh cream cheese <laughs> it's like that kind of stuff oh that sounds <laughs> yeah, well, fun it's, it's similar you're not gonna get very specialized items mm-hmm. at Aldi. Um, so that's one thing. It's a staples place. Right? right. And then you will get sort of their brand of whatever it is. Generally, it's quite good. I get tons of cheeses there mm-hmm. and they're good. Um, so I don't feel like the quality falls off. I started going there, there because when my uh, first two daughters uh, were toddlers, they ate so many berries. And if you get the on sale berries at Aldi, mm-hmm. it will change your life. Okay. I felt like I was in a new tax bracket because <laughs> it was 165 for oh my God. blueberries instead of 788 or whatever. Um, and now it's, you know, yeah, seven six or seven. Yeah. Uh, so during that time of my life, uh, I saved a lot of money at Aldi and we continue to shop there. But we are doing mostly delivery. You are. We have so many children <laughs> and they have places to be and activities and we have places to be yeah. and activities. And it just became so much easier. It is, have, it is easier. We have a whiteboard where you put up what you need. Uh, my husband, who's a master logistician, <sighs> puts it in the app, makes sure it comes to the house. Mm-hmm. It's one of the wonderful things that I no longer have to worry about. Oh, that's it nice. shows up and yeah. we put it in the fridge and we make food. <laughs> so um, I am not mad at it. What's the, um, what's the shopping experience at Aldi like? Is it like being at a 99 cent store? No, it's it's no frills, but it's not depending on the so age like of a the smart and final no, just depending on the age of the store. So the Aldi near us is fairly new. So it's mm-hmm. a lovely okay. experience. 
Um, but it is not Wegmans. It's not, I don't know what y'all's version of Wegmans is, which is, is a, Wegmans the more high end. Yeah. Like Gelson's. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's okay. not like that. Right. Um, it is, it is definitely more cardboard boxes around and, mm. <laughs> and less selection. Okay. Like, I haven't been in one forever, but doesn't it almost have like a, maybe I'm way off on this, but almost like a warehousey kind yeah. of feel. Like it Costco? Have, it can have that vibe. Yeah. But it's not as big as Costco. Okay. It's like a mini warehouse. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. We have like a mini Target around here. Oh. Did you know that those exist? Those suck. Oh. It does. <laughs> I hate those. I get mad because well, on yeah. when I'm on tour, a lot of times I'll need a target. And so I'll like search and then I'm like, oh, there's a target. And then if I show up and it's one of those bullshit small targets, I'm so mad. Yeah. They don't have you. anything. It's no. not what you need. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, when you're checking out at the grocery store, those things that are like right there on the end cap. It's like if that were a store. Oh, <laughs> I mean, not really, but it's like very much some not gummy bears and some pantyhose. Thank some you very much. Certs. Do they still make certs? That's a good question. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen a cert. Certs and Rolos are hanging yeah. out together. Somewhere. Right. No, I have seen Rolos, though. <gasps> yeah. But no, certs with Retson have been gone for a while. Yeah, I think. Certs are no more. Oh, Does wow. it say uh, as of when? 2018. Dang. More recent than I would have guessed. Who killed certs? <laughs> Who killed certs? Oh, this should be a campaign. Like, do you remember the Who Killed JR yes. era on on uh, Dallas? We are really Who dating ourselves, by the way. That's, like, that's a 1981 <laughs> reference, I believe, possibly earlier. It was just funny because you and I were not alive then. I we were crazy. born in the 90s. Um, Yeah, Who Killed Certs? I got Actually, to know. It does say it was discontinued in 2018, possibly for having partially hydrogen cotton seed oil which is not allowed as an ingredient in food sold in the united states i didn't huh. know this maybe we can get them in europe have them shipped yes have them along with like in. korean sunscreens oh i do speaking of gal chat i have some korean skincare you do please. that i got from a friend who went to korea and brought me masks and a little sort of uh it's a dispenser of the snail mucin i was gonna say are you doing the snail stuff I'm trying it do you like it? Here's the thing with me. I don't know how to figure out what things are doing to mm. my skin. No one does. I, it's truly, I don't think anyone does. <laughs> how do you do that? I, I guess you have to stay consistent with mm -hmm. it for a while. But people tell, tell me you need to stay consistent with it for a while. But those same people are constantly pitching new products and switching things. Yeah. No, I think you have, like, today I used a different shampoo. And then I was going to use a different conditioner, too. And I'm like, nope. We are going to be scientific. Got it. Control. Oh, scientific. Yeah. You yeah. need control. That's control smart. for the new variable. Mm -hmm. So, um, Tony, do you know about snail mucin? I don't think so. Okay. This is snail slime that people are putting on their face. Cool. <laughs> I was going to call it snail jizz, but I don't think snails no, are ejaculating. Just They're just like sliming on mesh and then people are collecting them. The it's, slime. It's ethically collected i believe it's yeah it's it's, it's okay it's, good i don't think snails now i don't hate it anymore. cruelty free <laughs> yeah. although C cage free snails yeah they're free range although arguably like do they enjoy this i don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't know what snails enjoy so anyway they gather the snail goo and then i don't know what they mix with it and then they sell it and people are raving about it you get what they call glass skin, which is what we all are supposed to want right now, which is like very like clear, shiny skin. But clear. I just, um, 
By clear, I Not mean translucent. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't. I, yeah, as I asked it, I was like, "Oh, that's because hearing the word glass and then and clear, clear right, right after that yes. was confusing." You can see straight. You can. I can see your uvula yes. with your mouth closed. Um, no, by clear, I mean like not blotchy i guess i don't know like clear you know um but i just i can't get past the snail of it all yeah but mary Catherine can i mean i gave it a try i'm working on it i'll let you know if there are astounding results does it feel like i've heard the consistency is it's (laughs) snaily it's it's viscous i would say oh my god <laughs> that made it sound worse didn't it <laughs> i could have just said gooey but no i said viscous so like if you put it in your hands then you go like this with your fingers it's gonna go like well, a little bit. string yes. so it's sticky yes not what is it? on your face though just in your fingers yeah it feels quite soothing on your skin minimal. I don't know. I'm new to all of this. I don't man. think I can do it. You know, I've been thinking in the. I'm having the same reaction that I have when I think about micro needling. Are you familiar? That have sounds you done gross this? to me too. But um, I'd be willing to try it. I never have, but it sounds. Ugh. I keep thinking, can I try it? Because it's of all the like things you can do to your face. It's not that. Exp- I mean, it's not cheap, but it's not like a laser or something like that. But the idea of a top bunch of tiny little needles going in and out of my face or rolling across my face or whatever they do and like leaving blood that they have to wipe away. Now I know they numb you, but I just, it's just, I also I don't want my face numb. Oh, my face feels weird being numb. I don't it, like that. Yeah, it does feel weird. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably, re- I'd probably prefer the pain. Are we seeing a pattern here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Childbirth and now right. this. Like- and then, you know, I didn't even ask ahead of time do you do you talk about botox and stuff like that i don't know if i have but it's not for any reason okay Uh, i tried it a couple of years ago for the first time and uh i have a group of friends who are all younger than i am and look fantastic and they do it and i thought these ladies don't look frozen or weird Mm -hmm. perhaps this is something i could try and i'm open to new things and i tried just i'm very timid yeah. extremely timid because uh, you don't want to look weird that's why I, yeah. or because you're and I, i'm also afraid of pain yeah i don't love the feeling of it but i'm timid because i because i do do tv and public yeah. appearances i don't want something to possibly happen that makes an eyebrow go wonky, yes and then i gotta spend three months right rehabbing that before I, so right. I keep it very chill and i just want my well, i don't have 11s but i have a one <laughs> instead of 11s i do just a tiny bit there and I was surprised how much I liked it. I really was. But that's the extent of my experience. But so you done... only had it right there? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I'm telling you, I was very timid. Yeah. Uh, but you told me that the feeling of it creeps you out a little bit. Yes. And I relate to that. I related to that. So The first time I had it, I've had it three times. The third time was just a lip flip. And in my chin, which I actually weirdly liked the chin Botox. Like it was very subtle, but I feel like it is. How did you feel about the lip flip? I had some friends do that and they felt like it felt weird. It does feel weird. I like th- I So the first time I had it done, it lasted like, I swear, two weeks. It went away so fast. Hmm. And then the second time they used a little bit more and it lasted maybe four or five weeks. Um, it feels weird for maybe like the the first 10 days or something. Right. Um, but it looks really good. I think, nice. I mean, it, 
I like the effect of it because I'm afraid to do lip filler or anything like that. But it definitely like made my my upper lip look a little more plump. But yeah, it's it's weird and like t- you feel like people can hear it. And <laughs> can you hear my lips? Um, <laughs> no, I've been and of course then since that time I've been basically pregnant for two years. So I was very hands off during that time because mm-hmm. yeah, y- you could argue that it would be fine. Um, in fact, uh, but I they believe, don't they recommend against it? Yeah, yes, but uh, in the same way that they recommend against a lot of things that right. are not actually that dangerous. Right. Uh, and Emily Oster has actually written about Botox and whether you can do it. And some people who have migraines and stuff will continue to have Botox mm. to fix those right. while they're pregnant because it's very localized. Um, that all that throat curing aside, I I didn't do it for a while. And I didn't do um, what's retinoids? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not retinol. You're not supposed to do while pregnant, and then uh. So I was hands off for a while. But when you're pregnant, your skin is also like, Boo. yeah, your hair and your skin. Everything's amazing. Yeah. You have your your like youthful fat back in your face <laughs> and then it goes away again. Right. So the first time I had it done, I was very numb because I had also had a laser thing done. And I was like, this isn't bad at all. I can't feel it. And then the second time, I don't know why I thought the fact that I didn't feel it that time when I was totally numb means I won't <laughs> feel it this time when I'm not numb. Like that was. Yeah, that a, doesn't track. It doesn't make sense at all. Um, it's the same as, and I have been this person, the person who's like, uh, you know, on Lexapro, I feel better. I'm pretty sure I don't need Lexapro anymore. (laughs) Like, no, that's, (laughs) I'm fine now. Yeah, exactly. I'm all better. Um, but anyway, the second time I just like could not handle the sound of the needle going in my face, like the did you it's say gross. it's like popping a it's grape like, skin no it's like i didn't say that but someone told me before i did it's like a little crunchy yeah like oh no crunchy yeah Ugh. it's like just the, the sound of it piercing your skin and then the little or like the like squeezy sound oh and then like the lip flip actually is very uncomfortable it's painful they might oh it's yeah, just a sounds... little pinch no it's not i mean it, or it's a big pinch and it's a needle in your lip your soup coolers <laughs> tony they pierce the soup coolers yeah um so i just felt like violated is a really strong word i don't want to say violated but i was just like like i was intending to do a little more that day and i i said let's not like let's do it another time because i just couldn't i just felt like someone was attacking me with a yeah. needle and i also felt embarrassed about how much i hated it because i know that most people are like it's no big deal like this feels like i like I want to punch someone. No, I've had, I mean, I've had four kids with, I guess the first one, I had a tiny bit of uh, pain meds, four basically unmedicated. Mm -hmm. And I just don't like certain kinds of feelings. And I really don't love this kind of. Yeah. It's not that I love labor, but it feels more doable to me. Yeah. I've been thinking about that recently. I've been thinking about how pain in a medical setting is different. Like when I had, um, an endometrial biopsy. It was so uncomfortable, so painful, like surprisingly. And she had told me it's about a seven out of 10. And for some reason I thought there's no way it'll be like a three or four. It was a true seven. Yeah. It really hurt. Um, and the other night, Daniel stepped on my foot (laughs) (laughs) and that, really hurt but it was like over kind of fast and truth truthfully that hurt worse i think than the endometrial biopsy but it didn't scare me 
I think it's like the pain plus the fear. Like there's a lot of, or like my kids will take like a wrong move and, you know, headbutt me. Actually, the headbutts have hurt, but like, I feel like all the time in the, especially me because I'm clumsy in the course of just going about my day, I'm knocking into things. I'm hurting myself. All of those are more painful than like a needle in my lip or anything that happens in a medical setting. But I think because I'm like so worried about it. Yeah. This is, it reminds me of something my midwife told me with this birth, which I loved. Um, And similarly, when you get, when you, ironically, when you get tense about Mm -hmm. birth, it's harder to give birth. Right. And so one of the reasons I go to this place is because I feel more chilled out there. And at one point, because it was a harder birth, uh, I was standing up. She's across the room. She looks at me and she says, I see you panicking because it was transition labor. It right. Was a lot. And she goes, you need to put that panic in your pelvis. Put that <laughs> panic in your pelvis. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I don't really know what that means, but it sounds positive And like, I have something to do now and put yeah. my mind on. And it really helped. <laughs> so what did you uh, visualize? Uh, put that right. panic in your pelvis. Panic in your pelvis. Um, I don't know, but Dorothy guided me and I felt like, she she helped me along. That's a good midwife name. It is. Yeah. Um <laughs> Dorothy Dorothy just nailed it every time. She she delivered three of my kids. Really? Mm-hmm. So she knows your pelvis quite well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we work well together. How does she sleep? Because she must be well, they must do shifts that allow they them do, to right, sleep. Right. They well. do shifts where they're on call. Mm-hmm. So there will be times. I mean, it's a hard life to be a doula or a midwife because you yeah. are on call for large parts of a month if you've got a cohort of people coming through right so can they do do they do any ivs there like can they will they start an iv there if they need to i think they can do um nitrous Mm -hmm. which i've never had uh and they can they have pitocin so i not for inducing labor they have pitocin for after labor right um twice i've had to have a little shot to get the uh placenta out yeah um and so they have that to make sure that right everything's moving along post birth Mm mm-hmm but that's a shot, right? Not a yeah. Not it's, an not, IV. it's not an IV. Yeah, I think we should do just me or everyone. Oh yes. Okay. Do you happen to have one? Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Do you have a just me or everyone? I think I do. Great. Uh, I thought of it uh, just now. Um, <laughs> so. No, I totally do my assignments before I come on the show. It's fine, guys. <laughs> uh, I walk around sixty-five uh, percent of the time with a nail that is oh my god uneven, mm-hmm. jagged, wrong in some way, and bugging the shit out of me. And I have nail clippers all over my house. Oh, in many places because I know this about mm-hmm. myself because it drives and you nuts. Yet. When I'm with the nail clippers, it does not occur to me mm. that the nail has been bugging the shit out of me yeah. for the rest of the entire day. They never, they never coalesce. They Mm-mm. never come together. You need to like put a Swiss army knife that has a file on it on your keychain. That's <laughs> what, that so. was what I was thinking I should do. Like I always need a tool because like to get into a box or I don't know, very, you know, because I, I find myself like opening boxes with keys and then ripping them open yes. and then getting a paper cut and... But then it, it occurred to me, like, but I don't carry my key ring around all the time. Right. So that's not really going to work. And you can't fly with that. Right. You'd lose that quickly. Um, I, I am 
for your plain nail issues. <laughs> <laughs> I am always annoyed by a nail that is jagged. Yes. But clippers wouldn't be my go-to. A nail file would be. Oh, I'm a clipper gal. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I have 15 pairs mm-hmm. all around the house. Right. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to go back down to one so that I'm there's yeah. a place that I clip my nails. Right. And I go to that place and take care of it. But see, so after you use the clipper, I just, my clipper skills are wanting, I guess. After you use the clipper, you don't need to like follow it up with a nail file? Generally, I'm all right. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you ever find that when you get your nails done, you know how they, they'll trim them for you right. in whatever shape you want? Mm-hmm. They're not that careful about whether they're uneven. Oh, no. They trim them at the place do you mean uneven like not smooth or do you mean like like, like one side is a little bit one side is higher and i it drives me crazy but i become very oh this isn't just me or everyone Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah in a nail salon you become docile i am the least assertive person you have ever met in your life (laughs) Mm -hmm. i will i will fight on national tv all day long (laughs) but if you ask me what color nails i want and you're sort of like standing there i'm gonna pick something i hate and then just roll with it oh that's so interesting do you feel like you're a burden to them yes Mm. i so i don't get my nails done a lot um but there was like a little like a few months when i was in high school where i had nice nails that i got done regularly and i went to the woman that my mom went to and that you choose they they had like the colors next to their station and you'd choose your color after they had already prepared your nails and all that this thing that i don't know if this is where every place or just it's a trend or whatever where you choose your color right when you walk in no I need the time to think oh, about you it. You need to think about. Oh yeah. yes. Well, I do. I do feel like they spring it on you. They do. Although yeah. I guess I should know that I'm going to a nail salon, <laughs> right? Like I planned to go. You there. might just you know find yourself. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I do. I do seize up, and then what mm. usually happens is I pick purple. I always pick purple. That's I a nice always. Color, but it is. I always do either maroon or like a whitish color. Anytime I veered from that, it didn't feel like me. Yeah, I, I can't do white. I yeah. don't feel like that works for me. Are you a gel I person? Or other people who can? No, I don't do gel. Uh, I the last two times I've done gel was right before I had a baby mm. because I like for some reason when I'm in labor I like to have my nails look nice. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not concerned about it at any other time, <laughs> but it makes me feel you're like, done. I'm you're done up. Yeah, I've, I've done some self care. So I d- I did gel nails before this baby was born, and they were Christmas themed. Ooh, uh, because I was sure he was going to be born around Christmas Mm -hmm. because all of my kids came early and then he came on January 6th and my nails looked terrible. And then they were all kind of ripped up for many months. Mm. My, they make my nails so weak. I don't like to. Yeah. Same. They like the, yes, they, they stay on great and then they weaken your nails. They're great while they're there. Right. Um, for a little while when I, excuse me. Oh God, there's a bug. Tony. No, I've never seen someone make such a huge deal out of the tiniest bus. That's so small I could not see it. I, I, I almost never see them. It was midge-sized. <laughs> is that some kind of Virginia bug? Oh, that, is a, a that is a southern bug, I think. I am or unfamiliar. Maybe Midwestern? As a Western Yankee, I don't know midges, but I know tiny fucking gnats. It's gone now. I think a midge is just a gnat. It's just a different problem. I like that though. It's so cute sounding. It's a colorful word for yeah. it. Uh, I was doing like glittery silver or pink nails for a little while. So I had veered a little bit in my gel days. But yeah, no. Gel, it's like 
the juice is not worth the squeeze. There you go. I tell Steve that I used it. Okay. <laughs> so I want everyone to know I have started taking just me or everyone's over Instagram now because I was taking them on Twitter slash X at ARIYMBF. If anyone wants to send them to me at ARIYMBF, I will collect it there. But I just feel like not as many people are getting off of that platform and they keep like emailing them to me or sending them to me in different ways. And then I lose them. So if you go to at Allison Rosen on Instagram, there's in my like, you know, the highlight bubbles on the left, it says JMOE. There's a little, you know, box that you can submit it in the box. Don't DM it to me. If you did DM it to me, don't feel bad though. I will use it, but do it in the little box and then everything will be good. Okay. So here is one that I received on DM today. Um, okay. Allison, not me, says, whenever I put clothes in the washer and can't immediately find my phone, I panic and think it is now spinning around inside with my wet laundry. I love that. I feel like this is a quintessential JMO. Um, I do not have this one specifically, but I freak every time I'm near a toilet with my phone, which is every time I'm near a toilet, <laughs> I worry about it dropping in and I imagine it dropping. I've, I've knock on wood, never dropped a phone in the toilet, which I feel like is something that has happened to a lot of people. I've done it at least once. Okay. It's terrible. I did drop a watch in the toilet at my therapist's office many years ago. And then I, I really liked the watch. So I wasn't just going to flush it. So I fished it out with like a Ziploc bag turned inside and out. And then took it to a jeweler and cleaned it. But like, I do think there's a little bit of rust inside still. I don't wear this. Tell why the jeweler. Tell the jeweler why you needed. <laughs> no, clean. thank God it was dropped into a clean toilet. Sanitize afterwards. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I dropped. It was so long ago that I dropped a phone into the toilet that it was a BlackBerry. Oh wow, <laughs> that's special. It's a claim to fame. <laughs> Tony, phone toilet. I believe I did it once, but only once. I've, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. Uh... I've had that thought about the laundry too. Oh, but yeah. I'm usually I'm usually pretty good at mm. knowing where my things are and hanging that one. The laundry one has not occurred to me. When I do lose my phone, I go pretty all out with searching freezers and refrigerators, thinking like it's entirely likely that this is on a shelf of food. Mm -hmm. If yeah. I was getting something else, but the laundry, not generally, is it often on a shelf of food? Uh, yeah. So what I do is I'll be running around the house doing various errands, putting things away, mm -hmm. and I just put it on whatever surface yeah. is nearest to my hand when I walk into a room. But when I've been in 17 different rooms, I live in a mansion. <laughs> when I, how different. You should have a phone for each room. When I've been, yeah, I should. When I've been in 17 different rooms and there's four surfaces in each room, I don't know which surface I left it on. Yeah. And there are some weird ones. I am constant. I don't, I don't leave it in like, why did I put it there? It's not like next to, you know, the graham crackers or something. Um, but, I, I'm constantly putting it down. I really should have one place I put it down. But my mother-in-law was like, see, you don't want, you don't want to be tethered to it or something. I'm like, I don't know if it's that. Is that true? No, I'm, con I'm somehow constantly on my phone and constantly losing it. Yes. And yes. I don't know how that's a thing. That's how I, I am too. I've, I do find my phone in my own house a lot. Yeah. Mine's on windowsills. It's on. Yeah. Sometimes it is in the pantry frequently. Because I'll put it down to like grab a snack. Right. And then I'm like, where is that damn thing? Here's a just mirror, everyone. When I set my phone down, I put it like screen side down. 
And worse, when I set my glasses down, I put them lens side down. Hmm. I've had to really stop myself from doing that. I don't know why I do that, but that just mirror everyone. Yeah, I definitely put my phone screen side up. Same. Usually, unless I need it to not distract me. I guess I feel like it's like rude or something if I do that. It probably it, you know is. What it, I'm probably rude. <laughs> just me or everyone. It's always, I think I'm setting it down always because I'm like, enough of you. Yeah. I have to go, I have to go be with my children now or I have to go this or I have to anything. The only reason I'm setting it down is because someone else needs something from me. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's a good practice. Well, it'd be good if I also was setting it down for my on my own. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm attempting to model good behavior. We've probably talked about this before, but how's that I don't, working? I don't want my children to see me constantly on a phone. Yeah. It's, you know, my habits are bad enough that they make fun of me for it. Mm-hmm. And that's good because I should be made fun of a little bit, especially because they don't get a lot of screen time. They read books. In fact, I would be a much better person if I read as much as my two oldest daughters do yeah. uh, because I deprive them of this toy that I have with me all the time. So they don't have tablets or anything. <clears throat> they have tablets, but their time is pretty restricted. How, what, what it, how do you do it? Cause my kids are like, it's unrestricted and it's not good. So, this is Steve's doing. Mm, of course. Um, I mean, I'm part of it, but because he is a consistent human, mm. whereas I am very loosey-goosey, the baseline in our house is that that's not what we're doing. Mm. The baseline is you play, you got Barbies, you got your blocks, you can go out in the neighborhood. We're trying to turn them into 90s kids. <laughs> you can go out in the neighborhood and wander around. Um and they read a ton, which is very nice for us. Uh, and then... Is it like when, a reward? Yeah. When they're done with chores and whatever, mm. they, on certain nights, they'll get a short period of screen time. Got it. We watch TV together, but we don't do the individual screens. That yeah. Often. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I've been, I need to like reel it in. I just find that it, it, it's, a, it's an uphill climb to mm-hmm. sort of reboot that situation, yeah. no pun intended. It's an uphill climb to do that. The work is worth it because their moods are better. And gosh, the, the stuff that my kids tell me from all the books they're reading. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? How did you learn that? Uh, well done. Uh, so I feel like it, it really paid off once we had gone through the, right. the, the period where they were mourning them. Which so was, they used to have them more. The, they used to have, they never had like really sophisticated tablets. Mm-hmm. They had some broken down old iPad, mm-hmm. but I would say they probably had more tv time Mm -hmm. and a little bit more tablet time until the pandemic and the pandemic we we tried very hard to just be like you need to read i'm going to teach you Mm -hmm. to read and then you're going to read and did they freak out over not having no because it it wasn't that much of an adjustment but but it there there is a shift in going from my crutch is this to that crutch doesn't exist anymore it's more of an issue for me frankly right but we do notice if they have a lot more screen time their moods will turn at some point. Yeah, it's true. Why is is it overstimulation? Maybe it's overstimulation. Yeah, so, and I mean, my my mood turns <laughs> when I'm on my. Phone. Are they on social media? What's happening? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Are you guys tweeting again? <laughs> what if like the people I'm fighting with? What if it's my own kids on yeah. threads? What if they're on threads? Oh gosh. What if they're just yelling about Palestine? <laughs> wasn't gonna Mm-mm. okay <laughs> this is like the mom fight you had on the on the facebook thread oh my god yeah 
Well, now we're just having a conversation between us and not defining our terms, but it's like those people have taken over social. That's all I'm arguing with. It's like, anyway, it is the way of the world on the social media. I, I tell people, especially new moms, I'm like, don't join the mom group. Don't do it. Don't join next door. It is designed to make you hate moms and hate your next door neighbors. (laughs) I like to see them in person before I hate them. That's how I like right, to do it. Right, right. You want the hate to be more organic. Yes. Um, Mary Catherine, do you have a hate go fuck yourself? I do, but it's a little political. That's fine. All right. But good, what if we want the same people to go fuck themselves right now? I mean, we might. It's Middle Eastern themed. We probably do. I, you know, I feel like, so our mutual friend, Essie Cup. Mm-hmm. Republican. Right. I don't know if she identifies a Republican right now, but she always was conservative Republican. And yeah. she's written a lot in the last few years about feeling disenfranchised from her own party. Um, this party that she always, you know, took pride in and blah, blah, blah. And like, just you know, she has a lot of issues with what's happening on the right. Right. I have always been left leaning. I, I would have described myself as liberal, although I feel like progressive is the term now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am, so, I feel so upset with the rhetoric on the left right now and um just i guess disenfranchised and feeling like where do i fit in it's like i'm not used to this feeling i think because i don't like daniel had been dsa he's he's more left than i am and he's more into it than i am he's more political than i am um so i never i've never i never i don't think of myself as like a highly political person that's not true i don't i'm not outwardly publicly highly political But I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, it sucks. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I I have one, and it's I'm going to do a run up to it. I have friends who are in Israel. I have Jewish friends who have been on the phone with victims for 17 days straight, mm-hmm. and their families who have people in danger, uh, who have people who've been called up, and the toll it has taken on those families, and even the people who are just witnessing. The carnage of October 7th uh, is tremendous. And it's, I'm checking in with them frequently to make sure they're taking care of themselves. And that does not mean that there is not other damage to innocent people who are in Gaza. That does not mean that. But it does mean that I am focused on those folks and the unprovoked attack on non combatants. And the people. Who are, I'm going to make this easy for everybody because you don't have to agree with me about this issue to agree with the go fuck yourself. Yeah. The people who are tearing down posters of, of hostages or of, mi- yeah, not hostages, of, of missing people. Yeah. Kidnapped children. Yeah. Who are being kept in the Gaza Strip. Uh, that's disgraceful. I don't know what they're trying to communicate. Are they communicating that they don't believe this is real? which is a form of denialism. Are they communicating uh, that these people deserve to be kidnapped, even though they are, I will never stop seeing that redheaded nine month old. I know. Kafir is his name. I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce it, but my kid is the same age. Um, And further, you are welcome on campus, anywhere to have a gathering, to have all the speech you want that is repulsive to me. Mm. Have at it. And I will say it's repulsive because it's my right to speak about it. It's not your right to tear down other people's speech, particularly when that speech is commemorating and publicizing that these innocents are still in danger. 
I think it's so heartless. I find it disturbing to watch. Mm. And so to the people doing that who are, again, are welcome to have their gatherings and their speech for taking down other people's speech in this horrible, heartless way. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. I agree with you 100%. Um, If your response to anyone talking about what happened on October 7th is, yeah, but... Yeah, but what about, yeah, but what about? It comes off as you don't care about what happened. You think it was deserved. Yes. And it screams anti-Semitism. And also, if you're chanting from the river to the sea, it's a- that is 100%. Like What that means is you want to annihilate Jews from the river to the sea. I, yes. And I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that many they don't... Of them, many of them probably do They don't know. know. Yeah. But it's still alarming. <laughs> yes. You know? A lot of the... So that's the thing is that I think that the people who we're talking about mostly, maybe not the ones ripping down the posters, but like a lot of the discourse online is very young people. From the polls, yes. the people between 18 and 24 are the most... Um, feel that Hamas... They are freedom fighters. Um, yeah. And I think they are so young that they don't have, as much as they're screaming about 75 years, they don't have a larger context and they don't realize how much they're repeating really old anti-Semitic tropes. Yes. But I do. Well, and those those tropes have been... Uh, elevated in this sort of academic language that is look if you have and again i'm a free speech enthusiast um and i argue against these ideas on campuses frequently Mm. that's my part is that i add my speech to the pile but if you have dedicated yourself to the ideology that if you can identify someone as an oppressor i know then they are a combatant no matter what that person is you have released yourself from moral duties. Right. You have released yourself from right or wrong and you can justify anything. And that is a real problem. And you're seeing that in the language. And I have found it again. And this is a moment I've been in the situation where I have continually looked at what would be my preferred side Mm. and gone, what the hell is happening over here? And this is a moment where many of my friends have had to go, what the hell is happening over here on to the left? That's how I feel. And I need to distance myself from it because this is the moment where you can't, you can't say, well, there's fine people on both sides, right? Some when it's Hamas, no, you, yeah, it's the Trump line, right? Right. This is like a gajillion Charlottesville's. Right. Right. But you can say it's a shame that innocent people are being harmed on both sides, but the, the, I don't know how to, I don't know how, what, how to characterize them. The people that I'm talking about, like, they won't even go that far. Like, they'll, oh, yeah, I'm upset by the bits, but, you know? Yes. It's like, it's very, and we are a next day story culture where people want to move past this thing, but I, I do not want to move past that because Mm. it's a, it's a pogrom. We have, we have seen this. And honestly, the number of people killed in this pogrom dwarfs many of the original pogroms i know like, it, it's and the horrifying. crimes are 
people are saying are worse than what happened in the Holocaust. And now that feels very much like splitting hairs, you know, like one was cold, clinical, sadistic, one's like angry, yes, you know, in the heat of the moment, sadistic, but I mean, they're they're all awful. But yes, exactly. And none of that means that you are not interested in better outcomes for people on both sides of the fence. But to me, it does mean the people who were attacked that day and the the country and the military that is there to defend them because the world tried to exterminate them another time Mm -hmm. money they are not obligated to lay down their arms that is i'm i know i really brought up the room here but it's like it's been way i'm hesitant i mean i've been hesitant to really i'm hesitant to like talk that much about it because not with you but i mean i mean i'm not saying don't talk like on social media because i'm like i'm just it's not changing anyone's mind. Yeah. I mean, but also like, but my friends are like, and it's like my friends are posting opposite things and it's, I don't want to be in a fight with them. Let Amy Schumer be your muse. Yes. She has been on fire and and she's And Brett Gelman too. I don't know if you follow him. And I think this is part of modern life and having these conversations and finding the line where you say no, even to your own side and having the courage to do that. Schumer's uh, rhetoric about having the courage to do right. that has been really cool to mm-hmm. see because it is hard when you are on the same side as somebody nominally in a bunch yeah. of other ways to go, whoa, 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 that thing is not for me. Right. So it makes everyone uncomfortable. But, but I that's feel like my job. If you're screaming about a ceasefire, which by the way, yes, of course, like it's awful. It's awful. Rockets on both sides are awful. Right. But if you're screaming about a ceasefire, what is your plan? For getting the hostages back. Right. And if you say that, then the response will be, you know, what about all the detainees in Israel? Right. It's like, no, that's not an answer to the question, unless you're suggesting trade them, um, which I don't think they are. I think they're just deflecting. Well, it also, if you trade them, it incentivizes more. Well, that's the other thing. Shape. That's the other thing. Is that's it's like, I feel like this is like foreign policy or negotiating with terrorists. 101 they you can't reward someone for kidnapping raping and beheading you know innocent people right that's that's a terrible precedent it's bad we need to think of another story to 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 round this out don't i know no i I, it has been weighing on me because my uh many friends and i have many many jewish friends i think have have felt existential dread in a way that they were not ready to feel or had, had never yeah. felt during their life. Right. Yeah. It's a real thing. Yeah. And That's, I'm a, right there. It's a scar that will not heal. Right. No, I, I am. Um, yeah. It's really disheartening and it's really depressing and it's also scary. Like the, this, this level of rise in antisemitism is scary. And then I tell myself, well, I, but this is social media mostly. I mean, except that there are, you know, horrendous things happening. Um, well, but I don't social know. media creates virality and some of the poster stuff is, well, I saw this on right. TikTok, so I'm going to go do the same thing. Yeah. So it sort of amplifies. It is not our, our best selves in that environment. No, though no, it's not a great time right now. Uh, okay. We do have a couple. I take questions on Patreon. I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. And I have a couple questions that people have sent in for you. And let me pull them up. 
comment from Seth Eisenberg. Don't have a great question, but just want to say that not only is she one of my favorite guests, but she is one of the best Twitter follows. Really thoughtful political posts. Even when I disagree with her, she always makes me think. Oh, that's so nice. Um, I feel like a lot of times I'm just goofing off on Twitter. Uh, it depends. My my tone changes wildly <laughs> from from moment to moment on Twitter. But I do feel like it's a place I've been more active there lately because for breaking news and hard mm. news, I think it is a good place to be as long as you're willing to filter properly what is what is real and what is not, um, which takes some work. Uh, but it's also a place to laugh at the absurdity of everything. If yes. You can do that without getting mired in it. Right. And it deserves laughing at mm. much of it. Uh, Becky Milner has a few questions. Will you record more episodes of Lady Brains? Oh, so it's funny we used to do this lady brains podcast and all of us just had, I think we had something like 14 kids during the <laughs> run of that show because there were six or seven of us friends right. and we were all just having Popping all these out. babies. And uh, it just got so much to schedule, even though we talked to each other all the time, but setting up this recording was really, was really tough. And what we should have done looking back perhaps and it was right on the cusp of that. Mm-hmm. It's just done like a Patreon or something. But oh, we, yeah. felt, we felt like we needed, we just needed a break. Mm-hmm. And uh, one friend who did most of the work, frankly, for putting that together, Lindsay, shout out Lindsay. Um, she had just had her first child. And we were like, you know what? Instead of you worrying about your postpartum <laughs> uh, duties to lady brains, how about we just rest right um i wouldn't be surprised if we did a revival one day are you still doing getting hammered i am so that's twice a week lovely uh, with vic and it's been heavy lately we try to keep it light we try to bring it up at the end of the show mm-hmm. so we have some light stuff but <laughs> although this you know the speaker of the house stuff has kept it very absurdist <laughs> so we have that going for us any production updates on the swim vest oh so <laughs> we are awaiting a patent for that oh that's so cool and the patent process takes a while. So it's like in the patent pending, which is what a lot of people are in sort mm-hmm. of this for a long time. And what our attempt is going to be to license it to a larger company. Oh, that's smart. Because the insurance part is very tricky if you're on your own, as you would imagine, because it's kids right. in water. Yeah, totally. Um, but next summer, I'm going to try it on the two-year-old who will be almost three by next summer. She was almost swimming this summer. Wow. On her own with no instruction. She just knows how to use her body and she's weirdly strong. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, if we, <laughs> another, if we had another week and this vest fit you, you'd be swimming. Yeah. Do you have a pool or is it at your lake house? Yeah, we swim at the at the lake uh, and then we, we do have a pool in our neighborhood as well. Mm. Um, okay. Are the older girls playing sports? So they play some sports. They have played soccer and... Uh, one of my daughters is like Ferdinand the Bull. She's just like looking at flowers and hanging out. Uh, the other daughter uh, is more interested in sports, but is also like the kindest soul. So she'll be running toward a soccer ball and she's sort of like, by all means, you first. <laughs> and, and I'm on the sidelines. I was raised with two brothers and I think I have sort of a, I have a killer instinct yeah. uh, that perhaps these two don't have in the same way. And I'm like, the ball is yours, Brittany! <laughs> um, I'm delightful on the sidelines. Uh, but they didn't love that. So we've switched to some other things. Uh, they did tennis for a while. Uh, we're looking at some, maybe some martial arts. One kid did fencing for a bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fun. 
Um, okay. Is Scout the king at doggy daycare? Oh, yes. <laughs> and he's beloved. Beloved. Look, I know that they say this to everybody, but do they say this to everyone? <laughs> they brought him out the other day from doggy daycare. And she handed the leash to me and he sat down next to us. Mm. And she looks at him and she looks at me and she goes, he's perfect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so on TikTok a lot, it's like, there's a lot of stuff about like, you should not own a Belgian Malinois. Um, did I say it right? Yeah. You know, like a the like all all the, you know, criteria for what you need to own one. And I always think like, yeah, because you have a husband who knows how to train these kind of dogs. Yes. We ha- we have a skilled person in the house. Uh, and he's he also the dog has a great temperament. And we got very lucky in that way. But he's well trained. Uh, my husband is good at that. Uh, we have very clear boundaries, both with the children and the dog. <laughs> Where does the dog sleep? Um, he actually sleeps on the bed. He's he allowed, does. He's okay. allowed on our bed. That is the only piece of furniture he's allowed on. Uh, but he doesn't really like to. Mm. He sleeps there for a few minutes like, hey, love you guys. Okay, I'm moving to my own right. bed. He needs his space. Interesting. So Steve thinks dogs can, can sleep in beds. So there's a lot of aunt. Wendy sleeps right. in our bed. But there's a like, I feel like a fair amount of dog trainers are like, dogs should not sleep in beds. So, most people would assume that Steve would be anti right. the dog in the bed. I actually thought that. Um, but because he's he understands he's not supposed to be on couches mm-hmm. or anywhere else uh, on furniture. This is his one right. spot. And like, he's kind of meh on it. <laughs> is Bentley in bed with you guys? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, does he keep uh, you up? No, it's, it's mostly fine. He just, uh, you know, he likes to lay the wrong way a lot. Of course. Yeah. And he turns into just, he's, I mean, he is a boulder, basically. Mm-hmm. And he just becomes so heavy and will not cooperate. <laughs> Some dogs are at like all. that, where you're like, wait, this is a small dog, but it's so dense. Yeah. You're so dense. Yeah. Uh, Scout is very large. So I know that I'm really going to be in for it if I attempt to move him. Right. So I have to gear up for that so I don't injure my old, old body <laughs> moving the dog around. And lastly, a comment. Love the Getting Hammered podcast. You and Vic are a delight to listen to. Oh, thank you so much. Vic is great. Vic is a longtime magazine editor. The reason I do the show with him is because he has interest other than politics. We are mm. both in that world, uh, but he loves food and wine writing. He wrote a book um, called Vodka about how uh, this uh, liquor took over America in the um, early to mid-century. And uh, he's just a great, funny dude and uh, has a similar approach to the world's sometimes right. heavy news as I right. do. I got to listen to some recent episodes since I'm disenfranchised from my own political party. Hey, I mean, this is a, uh, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. And uh, that's Essie and I both have been in this position going, did I misunderstand what we were <laughs> doing here? And I think a lot of people are in that situation this week. And I, I, I fear that it will get a little more uncomfortable before it gets better. But yeah, I, I, I do think, Schools would do themselves a favor by sanctioning students who block other people's speech or threaten violence or do vandalism. Mm -hmm. Those are lines that are very clear. Right. And you can love free speech and say that those are the lines. Mm -hmm. And if administrations would do that and send a message, they would do themselves a lot of favor for keeping things not so scary. Right. Mary Catherine. It was delightful having you on. Thank you. Thank you. you. Tell everyone where they can find you and what they should look at. Plug anything you'd like to plug. Let's see. You can listen to Getting Hammered anywhere you find podcasts. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Getting Hammered Podcast. I'm at MK Hammer and 
at MK Hammer Time, depending on the place, because I didn't get them all to match. <laughs> but you can find me in those places. And is there anything else? Oh, I was going to say, because we talked about the birth stuff. If you are a person who's thinking about uh, birth strategies uh, and perhaps had a hospital birth and didn't feel as um, much like you had your autonomy as you would like to or were supported in these ways, uh, there are two Instagram accounts I would suggest. This one's odd name, but Tranquility by hehe <laughs> how's hehe spelled hold on i'm gonna double check it for you guys just so i don't mess this up apologies no problem it sounds like a comedy club that also gives massages she is a sweet southern lady who is trained for all things birth and doulaing and just puts it really nicely how you can have thoughts about birth yes tranquility by hehe h-e-h-e I love it. And then the other one. Is that one, her name? Uh, yes. It's a nickname, clearly, but I don't know what her actual name is. The other one is Laughs. Uh, Labor and Legacy, who is um, a former makeup artist. At I think she might still be a makeup artist. She was a makeup artist of ours at CNN, who um, she had two kids, actually, about the same spacing mm. as I did. So we were friends through that. And she's become a doula and does a lot of Instagram information, particularly for women of color, which is a... Uh, maternal category that yeah, is neglected underserved. in some ways uh, that that we need to fix. Um, one of the things I love about my midwife practice is that it was started by a black woman in the 80s in the Washington, D.C. area. So oh, they've wow. been like serving this population in a very real way for a very long time. And she's the best. She's retiring this year. Mm. And Tony, what about you? Uh, I'm mostly just Instagram these days at Tony Thaxton. Uh, and Bizarre Albums every Tuesday. And I'll be back on the road with Motion City Soundtrack in the Midwest and East Coast in January for 20th anniversary of our first album called I Am The Movie. Wonderful. And follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Fight with me on threads. Uh, I'm on TikTok, the Allison Rosen. Please make sure you're subscribed. YouTube.com slash Allison Rosen. Uh, also, subscribe in your favorite podcast 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 player podcast player uh leave us a review it helps the show five stars please patreon i mentioned patreon patreon.com slash allison rosen and i am newslettering now i have a substack allisonrosen.substack.com are you still doing you're still doing yours i am yeah? and i'm actually i've been writing a little bit more trying to pick up writing about grief and the story of Jake. And so I'm putting some installments at okay. Hammers substack, not substack.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. It was so good catching up with you. Um, Tony, thank you. It was all right. Yeah. Feelings mutual. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? 